0: Do you know who's behind your email? What do they fund? Are they building a culture you want to be a part of? This Advent, break up with big tech and reboot your email with FIDE. Look us up. F-I-D-E-I. There's a link in the description box below. That's FIDE, how Catholics send email. Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò has issued a new statement in response to the satanic decree on blessings. I covered yesterday for you on this channel the response from Bishop Mutzertz and Cardinal Gerhard Mueller and some of the other things that were going on. And it was only a matter of time before Archbishop Vigano chimed in and he has issued his own statement. Referring to the document as satanic and, well, putting the church at the service of the world. The kinds of things we're used to from Archbishop Vigano. This, I think, will make many of you of course, happy, and that's if you are a supporter of the things that Vigano has been saying for years, and especially the more direct action he's taken more recently with the founding of his organization, Exerge Domine, which is meant to provide some support for independent priests in Italy and the United States, as well as to provide foundation for and formation for seminarians who have been canceled for being too traditional. And now it gives them the ability to finish their formation, finish their education, and get a lawfully ordained priest. Well, correctly ordained priest, perhaps not uh, in keeping with the current codes of canon law. But at this stage, first law of the church is the salvation of souls. And And the church has always recognized that these kinds of canon laws can be tossed out if the bishop in question has right to believe that the church is in a state of crisis. And if you don't believe the Church is in a state of crisis now, I, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, here is Archbishop Vigano with his letter on the satanic document from Francis and Fernandez. Declaration on Fiducia Supplicans. On the Vatican document, Fiducia suplicans on the Lawfulness of Blessing Irregular Couples. When the devil tries to persuade us to sin, he emphasizes the supposed good of the evil action he wants us to do, while overshadowing the aspects that are necessarily contrary to God's commandments. He does not say to us, Sin and offend the Lord who died for you on the cross, because he knows that a normal person does not want evil in itself, but that he usually does evil under the appearance of good. This strategy of deception invariably recurs. To induce a mother to embrace the Moloch ritual, Satan does not ask her to be pleased with the ending of the of the one she is carrying, but to think about the consequences of her carrying it, the fact that she will lose her job, or that she is too young and experienced to raise and educate a child. And it almost seems that Mother, by making herself a violator of the commandments, shows a sense of responsibility in wanting to spare the innocent creature a life without love. In order to convince a man into adultery, the tempting spirit shows him the supposed advantage of finding an outlet in an extramarital affair all to the benefit of peace in the family. To urge a priest to accept the heretical deviations of his superiors, he emphasizes obedience to authority and the preservation of ecclesial communion. These deceptions obviously serve to drag souls away from God, to erase grace in them, to stain them with sin, to obscure their conscience in such a way that the next fall is all the more casual, the more serious it is. In a way, the action of the devil is expressed as the Overton Window, Making the offense against God less horrible, making us believe that the punishment that awaits us is less terrible, and the consequences of our guilt more acceptable. The Lord is good, He forgives everyone. He whispers to us, taking care to keep us away from the thought of Christ's passion, from the fact that every from from the fact that every blow of the scourge, every slap, every thorn stuck in his head, every nail driven into his flesh is the fruit of our sins. And then if you give in to temptation it's not your fault, it's your frailty. And once sunk, sin after sin, in the habit of evil and vice, the soul allows itself to be dragged lower and lower until the devil requests presence itself in all its horror. Rebel against God, reject him, blaspheme him, hate him, because he has deprived you of your right to happiness with oppressed precepts. This, on closer inspection, is the recurring element in temptation, ever since Adam's sin, to show evil under false appearance of good, and good is an annoying obstacle to the fulfillment of one's rebellious will. The church, who is our mother, knows well how dangerous it is for a Christian soul to ignore this infernal strategy. Confessors, spiritual directors, and preachers considered it essential to explain the faithful how the devil acts, so they might understand with their intellect the fraud of the evil one, so as to be able to oppose it with their will, aided in this by assiduity in prayer and frequent use of the sacraments. On the other hand, how could we imagine a mother who encourages her child not to progress in God's love, and who reassures him that the Lord will grant him salvation unconditionally, what mother would witness the ruin of her child without trying to warn him and even punish him so that he understands the gravity of his actions and does not harm himself for eternity? The delirious declaration for Dutia Supplicans, recently published by the parody of the former Holy Office renamed Dicastery, definitively pierces the veil of hypocrisy and deception of the Bergoglian hierarchy, showing these false shepherds for what they really are, servants of Satan, and his most zealous allies, beginning with the usurper, who sits, an abomination of desolation, On the throne of Peter. The very insipid of the document sounds, like all those issued by Bergoglio, mocking and deceptive, because trust in God's forgiveness without repentance is called the presumption of salvation without merit and is a sin against the Holy Spirit. The false pastoral solicitude of Bergoglio and his courtiers with regard to adulterers, concubinaries, and the James Martin types should be denounced first of all by the presumed beneficiaries of the Vatican document. Were the first victims of the Sulphuris conciliar and synodal Pharisaism. It is their immortal soul that is sacrificed to the ideology of the day, because on the day of the particular judgment they will discover that they have been deceived and betrayed by those who on earth hold the authority of Christ. The fault that Families have a lot going on. The Lord will accuse these unfortunate people of will not only concern the sins committed, but also, and above all, in having wanted to believe in a diabolical lie, in a fraud of false pastors, starting with Bergoglio and Tuco, that the conscience has shown them as such—a lie that many members of the hierarchy want to believe, who hope sooner or later to be able to receive the same blessing together with their accomplices in vice, ratifying that sacrilegious and sinful lifestyle that they already practice, and with the ostentatious consent of Bergoglio. The fact that Tuco Fernandez's declaration approved by Bergoglio reiterates that blessing in a, in a regular couple ought not to seem like a form of wedding rite, and that marriage is only in the way traditionally defined by the church, is part of the strategy of deception. For what is at issue here is not whether a marriage can be contracted in the way the world wants, but whether a persons living in a gravely sinful state can merit as an irregular couple a blessing imparted by a deacon or priest, with the sole precaution that it is not to give the impression of being a liturgical celebration. The attention of the Vatican Sanhedrin is entirely directed to reassuring the Christian people that they have no intention of formalizing new forms of marriage, while the state of mortal sin and grave scandal of those who would receive such a blessing, and the danger of eternal condemnation that weighs on those poor souls, is totally overlooked. Not to mention the social impact that this declaration will have on those who are not Catholic and who, thanks to it, will consider themselves entitled to much worse excesses. One wonders whether in this race to legitimize the James Martin sin obtained without going so far as to celebrate uh, marriages between those in, who practice that life, there is a conflict of interest in those who propose it so insistently. It is as if rulers protected themselves with a legal shield against liability before, before imposing on the people the solution to the 2020 problem about whose consequences they, were, they are not uh, unaware There is no doubt about it. It is a rude awakening for the so-called conservatives, who find themselves blatantly mocked by Prefect Tuco, who who worries that the blessing of a couple should not look like a marriage, but has nothing to say about the intrinsic sinfulness of of the public state of these sinners. The important thing is that the moderates, defenders of Vatican II, consider themselves satisfied with that Jesuitical apostille, in this case, that the spontaneous and non-ritual blessings are not a marriage, that it is supposed to save the doctrine on the papacy while pushing souls to condemn themselves. For priests who do not agree to bless these unfortunate souls, two paths are being prepared. The first, to be expelled from the parish or from the diocese ad nutum pontificus. The second, to resign themselves to bartering their right to dissent in exchange for the recognition of the right of other confreres to approve, something already seen in the liturgical field with some more Pontificum. In short, Bergoglio's operation is an outlet of the faith, where you can find everything from the rites of pre-1955 Holy Week to James Martin Eucharists, as long as nothing is called into question about his, quote, pontificate. Added to this is the scandal for Catholics, who in the face of the horrors of the secta of Santa Marta are tempted to embrace schism or to abandon the church. And again, with what bitterness and sense of disillusionment will those people regard Rome, who, aware of their situation of objective irregularity, have sought and still seek with all their strength And with the grace of God, not to sin and to live in conformity with the commandments. How can those people feel who ask for a paternal voice that exhorts them to continue on the path of holiness, and not the ideological recognition of their vices that they know to be incompatible with natural morality? Let us ask ourselves, what does Bergoglio want to achieve? Nothing good, nothing true, nothing holy. He does not want souls to be saved. He does not proclaim the gospel opportunely. Importunely to call souls to Christ, he does not show them to be the scourged and bloodied Savior to spur them on to change their lives. No, Bergoglio wants their, wants their eternal condemnation as an infernal tribute to Satan and a brazen challenge to God. But there is more immediate and simple purpose to be achieved, to provoke Catholics to turn away from his church and leave him free to turn it into the concubine of the rulers of our day. Lady priests, blessings for James Martin's uh, types... The various scandals, the endorsement of the secular, various secular political programs, as well as ideologies of the flesh and the Laudato Si topics, the tyrannical management of power are the tools with which to scandalize the faithful, to discuss those who do not believe, to discredit the church and the papacy. Whatever happens, Bergoglio has already achieved his goal, which is the premise for securing the consent of heretics and those who engage in sins of the flesh to recognize him as pope, ousting any critical voice. If this document, together with the other more or less official pronouncements, really had as its purpose the good of those who engage in these sins, it should have pointed out to them the heroism of Christian witness, reminded them of the self-sacrifice that our Lord asks of each one of us, and taught them to put their trust in God's grace in order to overcome trials and live in conformity with his will. On the contrary, he encourages them, blesses them as irregular as if they were not, but at the same time he deprives them of marriage and in this way admits that they are irregular. Bergoglio does not ask them to change their lives, but authorizes a grotesque farce, in in which two who cannot engage in the sacrament will be able to appear before a minister of God to be blessed, together with their relatives and friends, and then celebrate this sinful union with a banquet, the cutting of the cake, and gifts. But it's not a wedding. Let's be clear. I wonder what's going to prevent this blessing from being imparted not to a couple but to several people, in the name, uh, in the name of the multi-partners, or to the. Uh, those too young in the name of the freedom of the flesh that those who rule everything is introducing through their various mechanisms. Well, suffice to point out that the church does not approve of these things to allow those who engage in them to be blessed. And why not extend this gimmick to those who practice, uh, who have a, who have a, a overly fond and disordered taste for animals? It would also be in the name of welcoming integration and inclusiveness. The same diabolical falsification is taking place for lady priests. If on the one hand, the synod on synodality did not address the ordination of women, on the other hand, a form of non-ordained ministry is already being planned that would allow them to preside over spurious celebrations under the pretext that there are no more priests and deacons. Also in this case, the faithful see on the altar a woman in an alb reading the gospel, preaching, distributing communion, just as a priest would do, but without being one. It is done with the Vatican footnote that it is a ministry that does not call into question the Catholic priesthood. The hallmark of the conciliar and synodal church of this group of of those who oppose God is falsehood and hypocrisy. It is purposeful in its intrinsic evil because it takes away God's honor, exposes souls to the danger of condemnation, prevents them from doing good, and encourages them to do evil. Those in the Bergolian church who continue to follow the doctrine and precepts of the Catholic church are out of place, and sooner or later will end up separating themselves from it or giving in. The Catholic Church is the only ark through which the Lord has ordained the salvation and sanctification of mankind. Wherever what appears to be the Church acts and works for mankind's condemnation, it is not the Church, but rather her blasphemous counterfeit. The same is true of the papacy, which Providence willed as a bond of charity and truth, and not as an instrument to divide, scandalize, and condemn souls. I exhort all those who have been awarded the dignity of Cardinal, my brothers in the Episcopate, priests, clerics, and faithful, to oppose most firmly this mad race toward the abyss to which a sect of renegade apostates would like to force us. I implore the bishops and ministers of God, by the most holy wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ, not only to raise their voices to defend the immutable teaching of the church and to condemn deviations and heresies, under whatever appearance it may appear, but also to warn the faithful and prevent these sacrilegious blessings in their dioceses. The Lord will judge us on the basis of his holy law, and not on the, the fair sex seductions of those who serve the enemy. Signed, Carlo Maria Viganò, Archbishop, 20th of December, 2023. And that was Viganò's very spicy letter on this document. So spicy that I could not put the text of it on screen. I will, however, put a link to it in today's show notes at return to You'll find it there along with the live stream I did this morning, linked there with everything you need to know. For sources and everything else, I'm curious what you have to say about that. Do you think he's right that this is essentially turning the church over to the devil and his earthly minions who seek to bring the uh, the social reign of the Antichrist into being? I'm curious what you have to say about that. So let me know in the comments, please, and hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing it on social media that helps a lot too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.